Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate in 2003 nike signed 13 year old freddie adu to a seven-figure contract but freddie didn't live up to the hype he is turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast. As always, your host, joined by Nick and Dan, my co-hosts. Um, gentlemen, Champions League edition, midweek edition, dead rubber edition. There's just uh, a lot to not talk about in this Krasnodar match review, but we will. Uh, I promise you we will. But before we get into this, uh, Dan, a little something happened today, which is we felt was important enough to, to acknowledge, touch on. Um, offer maybe our guidance, support, opinion, um, and then we will get into the match review. Yeah, there was a Champions League match today between Istanbul and Paris Saint-Germain, and it ended up getting called off for the day. The fourth official was accused of using racial language towards a member of the Istanbul squad, and... I think what we just wanted to highlight, because there's going to be a lot of wonderful opinions out there and critique from voices that are much better suited to discuss this. I think we just wanted to, I think, put a light on the fact that the players in this instance uh, for both teams, uh, Istanbul and particularly Demba Ba, uh, for calling out the the official on the pitch and then the response of the PSG players in solidarity to walk off and refuse to restart the match unless the official was removed was some of the best working together to combat the issues of racial intolerance that are still present in the game and provide a real excellent visual to how this should be responded to Nick. And I think we just wanted to call that out. We'll retweet we will share uh, you know, some of the best opinions that are coming out that we see on this, and we would encourage others to do so too because this is – it feels almost like a little bit of a watershed moment for how teams may respond moving forward, and, and UEFA really needs to step up now. Well, just just two yeah. points of clarification for you, Nick. J- just to be fair, it, it is alleged. We don't know exactly what was said. All of the audio coming out was after the fact. 
But what yep. you can't deny is that someone took offense to what was said, and that's what we're discussing as well. Whether it was intentional or not, offense was it did take place, and that and that's what caused the whole situation. Yeah, I mean, this was an especially odd case too because uh, it came from a referee, a right. Fourth official that it that you don't you don't typically you know think that that is the the likely scenario. Typically, it's a idiot group of fans or you know whatever that that would kind of start the stuff. So, uh, it, you know, again, ev- everything is alleged until it's you know brought to light. But certainly, the players were upset. Certainly, both teams banded together as a watershed moment. I think, and and I think that question has been brought up multiple times. Right? What if this happens in a match that really matters? What if this happens in the Champions League final? Mm-hmm. You know. But, you know, it's not like PSG have nothing to lose here, right? Like, you know, if, if the game wouldn't have uh, been rescheduled, you know, they, they might have, you know, finished second in their group to, to Leipzig, right? So uh, I think this this was a very uh, key moment. Uh, I think Kylian Mbappe, Neymar deserve a ton of credit from the PSG side for, you know, asking – Demba Bond and and the Istanbul team, if they wanted to come out arm in arm to show that they were united, Demba Ba saying some of our players don't feel right, and them going, if you guys don't feel right, we don't feel right, and calling it off. I think it's a tremendous show of unity. It's what needs to happen because, in a lot of cases, to me, it's always we're gonna we'll handle this once the game is over, right? We'll handle this another day. No, you're gonna handle it today. That's what they forced, and I think that's a that's a really important thing. So obviously, as Dan said, we we will defer to the experts, the people who were there, the people who are doing the first person reporting and and all of those things. But uh, we have a pretty well known stance on this show to stand against racism. We've done a three-pod series about Chelsea's history with racism. We didn't shy away from that. We're not shying away from this. Uh, we want it gone for good. And yeah. So again, my my rap is just that I'm happy that the players felt empowered to take matters mm-hmm. into their own hands. And the reason that is is because UEFA, FIFA, FA, name a governing body, have yet to do something meaningful to fight back against players feeling attacked, feeling abused racially, and it needs to stop. So I was so happy to see, like you guys said, both teams unify and say, if you are if you want to walk off, we'll go with you. And they're saying, we're not going to let UEFA, referees, administrators, whomever handle this, because you're not. You're just blatantly not going to do it. So they said, you know what? Enjoy that TV contract fine because we're walking off after, what is it, the 23rd minute? I mean, not a lot of football had played. So uh, huge ramifications and uh, good for them. So, again. Uh, we all love Demba Ba. We have many to reasons. say that. Like, <laughs> we, we loved him for a lot of reasons. This is a, it's a character moment today. Yeah. And he, he passes with flying colors yet again. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, shout out to the person saying, uh, no language barrier for Demba Ba. As, as we saw the clips of him yelling, not yelling, right, but like defending in English, flawless, um, flawless English, uh, no no translation issues there. So, uh, again, more to come, uh, but we would definitely going to defer um, to, to experts and people in that area, but it doesn't mean we don't have support and opinion. So, um, felt, felt the need to touch on it. So, anyways, 
Let us continue the running order with the three-word match review. TWMR, 3WMR. It's got a life. It's got its own Discord thread. And here it is, Dan. You, you picked a handful of good ones. There, there were, look, the people continue to deliver. Yeah, you know, I think we're almost getting outclassed on a weekly basis here. So I hope yours are good, gentlemen. But in general, there were a few good ones here. Shane with Boys to Men, which was quite wonderful considering the Billy Gilmore and Tino debuts. We had Sh- shows how old you are, Shane. Shout out. <laughs> uh, Kieran with Enjoin to the next round. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little pun. I figured you'd like that, Nick. Uh, Bassman with meh, but united. Gabriel with... I'm slow. And you're in as in and you're in. (laughs) And and you're in or adjourned to the adjourned next round like that. You know, it could go a couple different ways. Um, Gabriel with Aretha Balaga's Acrimonious Afternoon. K-Dog with why is Keppa? (laughs) <laughs> Very, a different type of question uh, our friends at Chelsea in America with Billy 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 story of one player uh, Chris with only one Highlander not a little call out for a boy Billy mm-hmm. uh, Michael with Tammy in quotes almost Abraham Ooh. and then Everett with the stand against racism which is a uh, kind of callback to our first few minutes of the podcast well I tried to watch the match at work. I had a good old meeting with the higher-ups at 2 o'clock. Tried to explain to one of my many bosses that Chelsea are playing Krasnodar today, and he said, a what? So my three-word match review is, what's a Krasnodar? Because I had to explain that to one of my bosses today, unsuccessfully. I wonder if it, if, if you had to, like, you know, it's it's the holiday season, so what if you could name different ornaments on the tree? If, like, what 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 do you think a Krasnodar would be shaped like? I think dinosaur when I hear Krasnodar, like dinosaur Krasnodar. So I just think, like, yeah, some but it'd, kind be a, of, it'd be a flying gunner, dinosaur, right? It's it would have to be, it wouldn't be like a ground dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. A distant relative to Gunnersaurus. Gunnersaurus uh, is like, man, back in the day, we had Krasnodars. <laughs> Dan, what, a, what did you have? Yeah, I, I, I felt like as I was watching this match, I was paying more attention at points just because of the way that this match unfolded to what was going on with PSG in, in Istanbul. Uh, so I shout out to our boy, but I did dare to Demba. Shout out to Demba. Nick, saving I'm the best for last. I'm changing last minute. I, I'm going more humorous because we, we went, we, it was, you know, to say this was a dead rubber and then to see how the match played out is uh, incredibly true. Um, <laughs> this was not a thrilling since 1905 type of match for Chelsea Football <laughs> Club. Uh, so I'm going with United Europa League, baby. They're back. They did it, you guys. Has, they did it. They're, ha- they're back. Has the Europa League tweeted at them the little waving oh, yeah. high emoji yeah. yet? No, they did a handshake <laughs> this time. It's a... Yeah, oh. the, Man United's actually been through most of the emojis uh, for the Europa League account now, so they went back to the handshake to welcome I'm, them. I'm just really glad that Ole's gone back to ghost riding at uh, Man United. Really, really wonderful. Glad we Honestly. brought that back. Yeah, I was thinking about this today, too. Like United going to the Europa League is actually a massive, massive benefit for us. We're going to have one to t- two days more rest on average than they will in most weeks. Baby. Enjoy that travel. outside. Let's go. <laughs> I, you know, I tell you what, at uh, you saying Ole ghostwriting the whip is probably one of the best things that you've produced on this podcast. So it's nice that you're able to bring it back and, and keep Ole ghostwriting that whip. 
because it's not great. But hey, uh, this might be a little bit of a shorter episode. So what we're going to be talking about is how the kids, a.k.a. Billy Gilmore and Tino Andrian, got on in their Champions League debuts. We'll discuss if any players made a case to feature more in Lampard's plans uh, in this hectic December schedule and beyond, and, and the reason why Tomori didn't feature and most likely will not this season. I almost wore the Tomori kit, but I, I feel I feel deflated. I feel like it doesn't do what it's supposed to. <laughs> so I'm just wearing the nameless training kit tonight. That's a that's a collector's item you got yourself though. Hey, I bet if I bet if I mailed it, he'd sign it and send it back. So uh, take a look, and then we'll take a look at the final group standings, examine Chelsea's odds of advancing to the quarters, and who we might face in the round of Sweet Sixteen. Anyways, we do have some shout outs, some appreciation, some gratitude. Shout out to Alex Graham and Sam. All right, for for joining us on on the Patreon, uh, Dan. No love for you. Well, you Thank know, God. look, it's always a short turnaround on the Apple podcast. When you have a Tuesday match, mm. you drop a pot on Monday. This is the way the system updates. But I'm sure when we do our Everton preview or Everton review, we'll have a couple five-star Apple podcast reviews to read, which we're looking forward to. So if you haven't yet, go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. helps new Chelsea supporters listen to our podcasts, and we super appreciate that. And it helps Dan keep a job. So uh, Merch Madness, <laughs> Nick, over to you. <laughs> That is right. Uh, so we, we've begun the purchasing process for Merch Madness. We had a lot of people send us links, send us ideas uh, over the weekend as I, I posted it in social. Boston Blues, we're getting some mugs. Ooh. You, you guys are mugging us off. We're getting your, your new mugs. We're really excited about those. Uh, we have, we're going to buy something from the, uh, the Bayou City Blues. They, they have a, uh, a T-shirt option that the proceeds go to charity. So, of course, we're going to do that. That's, I wonder that's if they'll ever send initiative. me my member card that I paid for. <laughs> hey, Zeus, if you're listening. <laughs> that one's for you, buddy. <laughs> hey, Zeus, when you're listening is actually the better yeah. way to say it. <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to hit up the L.A. store for some goodies. We're going to hit up the Austin, Texas store for some goodies. I know uh, Jens and those guys down there are, are doing an incredible job. Uh, we're, we want to know more. Uh, our, our boy Jordan sent us his, his backup t-shirt again, which I'm 100% going to buy. Um, we, we want more. Send us links. Send us images. Send us whatever PayPal information you need. We're buying it. You're not sending it to us. We're bu- This is a, a triple threat win for you. We buy it. We rate it. Give you props. And then we send stuff your way if you win. Yeah, we promote it too, you know? I like. The, I feel like this is the beginning of some kind of like Chelsea fan apparel museum in 10 years. Like we'll, we'll, have, we'll have started in Nick's basement. <laughs> a, a used coffee mug is going to be in there from the Boston Blues. I guarantee you that. Uh, love it. All right. Well, just remember that we do have our Everton preview coming this Friday, so don't miss it if you're not subscribed. Do it right now. But anyways, it's time for the match review. It was Krasnodar in the Champions League this past Tuesday, the 8th of December in the year 2020, in case you're listening in the future. It was at Stamford Bridge, and the scoreline was an exciting, a miserable, and a yet boring Chelsea 1, Krasnodar 1. All right, Dan, we got the goals. We got the business. We got the pen, right? J5 on pen duty, finally. Uh, it's what you love to see, a little hop, skip, and a jump. But we had a lineup to get us there, and, and we had talked about this on the preview. No less than 15 changes from Frank, right? Yeah, you know, it was a lot of changes. 
Yeah, that's but what we expected. Um, if you look on the UEFA site, it looks like compl- unlike it actually played out, which is wonderful when you're trying to read it off. Uh, but Kepa gets a start between goal. That's right. Kepa Lipa is still a Chelsea player. Uh, we had Aspilicueta. It's been so <laughs> I, long. I got it right in the tongue twister in the beginning, and I get it wrong there. Uh, Aspilicueta, Rudiger, and Christensen with Emerson as a back four. You had Jorginho. Billy Gilmore and Kovacic as your midfield three. And then you had Havertz, Abraham, and Tino. Hashtag Tino time as your front three. Substitute bench included Caballero, Zeiger, Alonzo, Tamori, Pulisic, Zuma, James, Chilwell, unused. Then you saw use substitutes of Giroud, Werner, and Conte. So we did not use all five subs. Couple players didn't get a chance to be registered in time, so your your Lawrences, your Livermentos didn't make it in, which I think was the most disappointing part about this lineup uh, because we didn't get a chance to see a few more youth players in. But them's a break sometimes. Look, judging by these subs, they weren't getting in anyways. We're putting World Cup winners Conte Giroux in this one, and then probably damn near World Cup winner Timo Werner with the German squad. So. It would have been nice for them to travel. Hopefully they still did. You know, it would have been a nice opportunity. Uh, but Frank was definitely looking for a win based on on those subs. Uh, there's a lot of different ways he could have gone, Nick. But he, he clearly was, wanted to give these players enough time to prove themselves. But at the end of the day, he said, look, I, it, it's still we want to show it's important to us. So, boys, starters, go get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he did the, the natural thing, right, which is you give – this group of, you know, relatively young and also, uh, you know, some experience in there, but a team that doesn't typically play together, some time to gel and, and to do the right things, right? You know, they're, they're not just going to naturally slap, you know, or snap in, I should say, and, and you know, play like they've been playing together for 10 years. But, you know, at the end of the game, there were some legs going for sure. And I think Frank had to make a couple of subs just to ensure that he wasn't going to you know, do the opposite thing that he wanted to do, right? Which is people get hurt or they overextend or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think it was a good balancing act from him. Obviously, I was a little surprised to see Havertz uh, and Kovacic in there. I think that was uh, a little weird to me, considering both of those are pivotal players in the midfield moving forward. Um, you know, obviously was not surprised to see Billy or Tino. We kind of had that previewed for us a couple days in advance uh, after the Leeds win. So that, that was natural. And you know, then your Emersons, your Daves, your Keppas, your Rudigers, your Christensens, you know, just as you said earlier, you know, uh, Tamori's gone in January. So natural, natural uh, shift. So the stats for this one. All right. We got plenty to dig through here real quick. Uh, Chelsea Weird was one. 17 attempts on goal. One goal. You had eight off frame, five on frame, four blocked. All right. Um Whoever playing Krasnodar, I got now I got dinosaurs in my head. Uh, they had seven total of goal, total of shots. They obviously had the goal. Uh, three off frame, two on frame, two blocked. No woodworks. We had six corners there too. Um, we we're sitting with sixty percent possession to forty. Um, I mean, uh, they actually outrun us, ran us by a little bit, but I think we could have afforded to take a little bit of a break after the Leeds match, even though most of those guys didn't play. Um, I mean, if you look at the rest of the stats, you know, they had 15 clearances. We had eight, you know, we had a caution You know, we committed 20 fouls there, 10. So I'd say it's a bit sloppy, but sometimes you get that from players who haven't played a lot. 
and they just try to maybe do a little bit too much. But at the same time, if, if they're getting stuck in and they're and they're harassing players and putting pressure, it's not the end of the world, okay? Uh, especially only one caution off 20 fouls committed. Uh, well done, team, okay? You spread that out nicely. So, uh, look, the first question that we want to get into is how did the kids do, right? Everyone's going to be looking at Billy uh, and Tino specifically, so at expected Chelsea, highlighting Billy's night statistically with 97 touches, 74 completed passes. That's 89.2% pass completion rate. Three key passes, three out of his four completed long passes, two out of three successful dribbles, three out of five ground duels, one, one free kick, one, one interception and a clearance. AAK, he was involved. Uh, he had a great day out, Nick. He was responsible for the goal, but we don't need to to make that ruin his night. Uh, yeah, I mean, outside of the one, you know, bit of sloppy play, uh, he looked incredibly sharp to me. Um, yeah, I think kind of legs got the better of him at the end of the game. You know, stuff started getting away a little bit, but I mean, to me, that was expected. You know, he hasn't featured in the team for for quite some time uh, in a lengthy manner anyway. I think it was the FA Cup quarterfinal against Leicester was the last time before he got hurt. Right? Been a bit. So that would have been back in June. I think end of June. It's been a while. Um, or July, maybe. Whatever it was. Doesn't matter. Uh, it was a long time ago. It was certainly not the two or three months that they talked about. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I was I was really, really pleased for Billy. You know, like coming back from the injury is, is tough. And, you know, Krasadar showed a lot of fight in this game that I, I wasn't sure if they were going to have, uh, considering we, we waxed them pretty, pretty hard. So Billy Dan to me looked like a, you know, like he slotted right back in the team. Like he had no time off that he was turning. He was receiving the ball. He was running with the ball. He had a couple of really, really nice passes out wide. You know, he just, he looked incredibly sharp to me. I think the thing, and this is a point I saw our friend Phil at Chelsea youth make as well on Twitter that, there's this concept, right? The easiest way to kind of think about a player sometimes is to either give them a comparable comp, right? Or talk about, well, they play this number. They play this number of the pitch, right? So a lot of people have associated, oh, Billy's, Billy's the six. He's the deep line playmaker. You know, that's kind of where people have judged him against. And, you know, I think the question was like, well, where, how would he do as an eight, which is what he really played today. Jorginho was that deep line playmaker. He played the six. You had Billy playing an eight alongside, uh, you know, kind of, Kovacic, it looked perfectly fine. It, there was no issue with Billy. Like, he got into dangerous spaces. He interchanged well, uh, particularly kind of veering into the right and trying to interchange a lot with Havertz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had some nice kind of one-twos off of one another that just, you know, they, they would get the ball far enough forward and, and maybe our striker or maybe the most forward person didn't kind of convert their opportunity. Uh, Billy tried a few, you know, shots too. One that bounced really hard off of Tammy. <laughs> it was just, uh, looked like it was going to fly towards goal, but uh, a big old Tammy got in the way. And yeah, I mean, in general, it was it was a performance that you expected to see. He definitely was involved in everything that was going on. And, you know, look, he... First game in the first FA Cup start, he wins man of the match. First Premier League start, he wins man of the match. And now his first Champions League start, he wins man of the match. And so very good trend and very good pattern here, Brandon, for uh, someone who's just a wee 18 years old. Yeah, it's, I, I just am laughing trying to think of like Tiago Silva, Edouard Mendy, <laughs> people around him saying... Having a conversation with him? What? <laughs> what, what the hell are you talking? I don't know what you're saying at all. Uh, so obviously, you know, we talked to Aaron Cuthbert 
look, the Scottish accent is a different beast, all right? But uh, he's involved. Uh, he talks a ton, uh, communicates a lot, which is, is, you know, something that we talked about actually with Ethan Ampadu as well, you know? He, he's not afraid to be involved in the team. You know, it's good to have a handful of leaders. You know, you don't just want one captain and everyone else follows. So, um, again, great to see him get box to box, get involved in a lot of different things. Um, you know, I, can I, we, I'm, I'm, I'm every po- time we talk about Billy, Brandon, can we get Jake to insert a clip of a Billy goat doing some sort of noise, please? <laughs> no, please, uh, no. Jake. Yeah. You listeners. have your direction. No. Thank you. Poor listeners. Don't listen um, to Dan, Jake. What, what I want to say, you know, just about Billy is, yeah, I poked a little fun at the fact that he didn't really recover. And it ended up, you know, having guys open at the top of the box. You know, it, it wasn't the most important game, but like, you know, I, I still want to say, you know, he he saw some learning to do. He has to say switched on a little bit more. But again, the offensive side of the ball is so strong from him. Do you guys say it's like he didn't skip a beat? And that's what's important for somebody, especially spent so much time out. I'm not going to dwell on the defensive laps. Um, you know, I will point it out just because we know that, you know, he needs to improve on it. But you know, I, I'm excited to see more minutes out of out of Billy the rest of the season now that he's back. Well, and the last thing was is after the match, they, Lampard was asked about Billy. Does he go out on loan? And, you know, he was very much saying, not sure the way he uh, trains and plays. I can see him with us. I have to make sure the pathway is right. You know, Venning is very clear that they view him in the same way as, you know, I would say he probably ends up slotting in ahead of Jorginho, is probably fighting with Kovacic for those backup minutes potentially for that, you know, solidified kind of three of Conte, Mount, and Havertz. If that's your solidified three, I think Billy is going to quickly be pushing, you know, Kovacic to being that kind of one-two option for any of those three spots. Uh, I think it would be incredibly risky to let him go at this point, just knowing, like, the, the this, this year, as we've said n- uh, numerous times, you have such a risk of not only injury with, with the condensed schedule, but you have COVID too as Illness, a threat. Yeah. I think it would be really, really risky to let him go knowing that your midfield could at any point be decimated for a number of reasons. I, I would love to see him stay. I think I think the midfield is probably the deepest spot in the team, though. It's, you know, Jorginho, Kovacic, Alberts, apparently Andrin, but then you have Conte, you have Mount, uh, Reese James could potentially slot in. I, I don't necessarily want to see him leave. You know, I'm just thinking, you know, him and Marco Solanzo, right? You'd be okay if you lost one on the depth chart. <laughs> Billy is so good. I, I just want to see him be successful, whatever that takes. Mm. I like Lampard's phrasing. Mm-hmm. He said it's what's most important for Billy's pathway, which means he's going to be a first-team player at Chelsea. What do we have to do to get him there? So, anyways, yeah, they, we're, we're going to... There won't be a shortage of teams lining up for him if he is available. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to take a quick ad break. We're going to get back. We're talking about Tino, a little bit of Tino time. We can talk about uh, who's gone up, who's gone down, you know, as far as squad depth. And then, obviously, we'll look at uh, who we think we're getting in the round of 16. What if This is the game where we would actually get predictions right, which would be the worst. So, anyways, thank you to the sponsors for supporting the show and Jake for the Beats. We will be right back. Hey guys, Dan here with another Manscaped ad. This time it is for their holiday bundle, the Performance Package. It's the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, makes a perfect gift. If this is on a list, if you are giving this list to somebody and they see that, they know you've got some taste. You've got a desire 
to be super smooth, to be super well-groomed. Look, you might want to be Olivia Giroux level. I'm just going to be straight out with you. I'm going to be very honest. Probably not happening for you. Probably not going to happen. But you know what? If you want to trim something other than the tree, this might be the gift for you. This might be the package. So let's talk about what you get. You get the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. It's the best trimmer on the market for, as the copy says, your balls, booty, and your body. It also includes the Weed Whacker, which, as it indicates in the copy, is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. It includes the Crop Preserver deodorant and Crop Reviver ball toner to maximize your ball hydrate. It includes two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. You get 20% off and free shipping using the code LONDONISBLUE at manscaped.com. And as the copy says, thank you for making our holes look sexy. Now remember, just again, the tree isn't the only thing that might need trimming this holiday season. So you know what? Go over to manscaped.com, use the code LONDONISBLUE, get 20% off that performance package. Don't be a prickly Hans Gruber. Be a smooth John McClain. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. It's a lot. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up with a little Tino time. As far as the youth go, at Expected Chelsea, wrapping it up statistically again. 59 touches, 40 completed passes, and an 88.9% pass accuracy. He had two key passes himself, one big chance created, two shots, five out of his eight ground duels, one and four tackles. Again, a man amongst men. But yet he's a kid, Dan. His size, his strength, his pace, his power. Uh, I'm surprised he only had four tackles. That just means that they stayed away from him for most of the match, in my in my mind. <laughs> well, I think it's, you know, he... Maybe a little less so because Billy's maybe played at that level before, right? He's been in our first team side in in different occasions. You know, this is really Tino's first time, and, and is also playing against a, you know a Russian first team in Krasnodar. I think he came into the game a little bit slower than Billy did, but as he found a way to assert himself, as he found a way to interchange with with Emerson a little bit on the left that he was finding some good space. He was getting some good take-ons mm-hmm. put together. I think that he really was finding, trying to find ways to get the ball into the box and look to be very incisive in his forward play. Definitely wanted to kind of cut inside. Um, and in general, I thought he looked really sharp. You know, I think we've, um, you know, I think he gets comped a lot to Ruben, Nick, and I think that's maybe... Uh, a blessing and a curse because I think there's a, a high kind of potential ceiling that people have looked at for Ruben. And, you know, I think we've kind of heard, you know, just from being around the Academy, talking to Phil, talking to others of just people see 
Tino in that kind of mold and also talk about him potentially as having even more potential, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, Phil has talked about that too. I think after watching Andrew play today, it's, it's clear to me that he's more of a forward player than a, than a, a true eight. I think personally. Like a 10? Yeah. Or, you know, I think he also has flexibility to play out wide too, depending on what kind of system that you, you're working or maybe be that second striker that sits behind the main striker. Yeah, I think he does have, you know, a lot of different area that he can go. I think when Ruben's at his best, he's playing an eight and he's flying and, you know, shrugging people off and doing all sorts of tricky things. So, you know, I, I don't know. They, they, they are comparable. Andrew a tank though. I mean, that guy is, he's massive. He's only going to get bigger. He's only 19. Um, so, uh, you know, good luck with that. Um, I, I would love, you know, cause I like, I think technically he looked good tonight. Like that he was, he seemed confident on the ball. There were a couple of tricky passes in there. You know, I think he missed a couple of the wide swingers, um, you know, that, that I think he would want to hit on a normal, like youth team game, you know, that, that we're not as uh, available to him in this one. Uh, and then you want to see him get in the box and score, obviously. And he, he didn't do that today, but uh, I thought it was a good debut. And like, it, clearly Frank set him out to, to have, uh, you know, little defensive responsibility, but it was nice to see him track back. It was nice to see him get stuck in. He did make a, you know, a couple of tackles. Uh, he, shrugged off a couple of Krasnodar players, which was great to see, you know, this, this, it was a good debut for him. And, you know, especially full club debut in a Champions League game, I mean, is, is a special, special moment for him. So you just have to be really pleased. And again, all of this, the Billy thing, Mason last year, Fakayo last year, Tammy last year, Andrew this year is all a nod to the pipeline to say it is possible to play at Chelsea football club if you continue to reach your best potential uh, output. And I, I, I'm just really thrilled. Every time we talk Chelsea youth in our monthly updates, I'm thrilled to think about the next person who's going to come through the ranks and to have such a strong connection to that youth team is really special. He just turned 19, November 23rd. Whew, got that one right, barely. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot from him. I think uh, we're still looking for a bigger sample size. But it's great that the club put them themselves in a position to offer these opportunities to Billy and to Tino where, you know, it, they have pressure on themselves to perform while in the first team. But the match isn't that pressure filled to where you have to yank them off after 45, 55, 60 minutes, right? You can you can let them get a run out and not really worry about, you know, uh, having to pull them off if they're not doing the business. And I think that that's what's just so important about the the player development pathway, which Obviously, Frank was to talk about. So, um, and, and one note that that was his for his uh, Champions League debut. He did right. um, have a, a cameo in the uh, Premier League last season, uh, the four 0 win over Everton. Yeah, Everton, bombing it like a <laughs> bunch of. I don't know. Um, anyways, uh, if we look at players, maybe stocks have risen or, or gone down, which I guess would technically be a, a decrease or a fall, decline, whatever. Um. My my one that apparently, outside of anything we know, is that Tamori's stock at the beginning of the season has clearly taken a decline in Frank's eyes. I, I don't know why. Even if I was talking to Eric a little bit via text today, even if we were shopping Christensen, right, and putting him out there, 
there's no reason Fikayo Tomori can't play. Like this is the me- like the meaningless of meaningless matches. Nick Tomori's not around. He's not in- involved in the. You know, I don't. You know, it's good to see him on the bench. But we have a bench of 25 players. You so you expect he has to be there just by default. So whatever, maybe you just seal it, send him on loan, and be done with it. But if you want to talk on him, otherwise, players' stock you think have risen or declined, knowing that we've obviously already said that Billy's stock has continued to rise. So he he's he's off the table. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're all a little frustrated at the Fakayo thing. You know, we saw him play really well last year. You know, I personally, whether you know this is you know how it all went down or not, I think he got unfairly judged for a couple of youthful mistakes. Uh, whereas others did not get as harshly judged, uh, namely Rudiger and Christensen, uh, for making similar and or worse mistakes uh, last season. So, you know, that's that's kind of a bummer uh, to me because I love his athleticism. I love his attitude. He is a leader on the field. Him and Reese both exude leadership, um, especially in the way that we're used to from like a John Terry type of figure. So... Uh, look, I, I want nothing but the best for Tamori. I, I think, uh, to me, th- thinking about this year, if if you're able to get Tamori a really good loan where he's playing every week, getting his confidence back, and some, you know, let's say that Rudiger and or Christensen goes, he comes right back in. And now he's fighting with Gurhi, probably, for that last spot again. Let's, let's see who wins it out. I mean... Tiago Silva's not going to be with us forever. You know, right now it seems like he's immortal. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, you know, you, you do have to, if you if you are the club, you do have to think about that pipeline, Dan, and, like, what the future of the center back position is going to be at Chelsea Football Club. And if you don't have to go buy a $90 million center back uh, to compete and you're able to groom one, uh, what does that afford you to do on in other positions? That's always been the case, right? And I think the, the thing to keep in mind is that, it was long into the transfer window until the Tiago Silva deal got accomplished, which put off and pushed off the opportunity for Tomori to go on loan. A loan for West Ham comes in the dying hours of the transfer window, doesn't move forward with it, says he wants to fight for a spot here at Chelsea. But in, in that point, he's thinking, OK, I'm, I'm maybe going to be competing against Tiago and Zuma to be the third point choice option. Rudiger goes from being a fifth choice to being the third choice. And now you're at the bottom of the pecking order. And rightly or wrongly, that's just the situation that we're in. The reason he doesn't get a start today is ultimately, you know, if you're evaluating, hey, we want to get him alone in January at the beginning of the month and get him sent out. Why would you risk this game that means nothing? Yeah. Yeah, in all contexts to potentially get him injured and then the loan is lost. And now not only have you lost the first half of this season, but you end up losing the second half of this season for any development for him. So I think that's the context people will have to just keep in mind when it comes to Tomori. As much as you're frustrated potentially about like, why is he not starting? Why is he not getting minutes? Like you also have had how many clean sheets this season with Silva and Zuma? Like I'm, I'm okay that Tomori and Rudiger and Christensen are not seeing the pitch a whole lot. I'm glad that we have a healthy back line most of those matches who's keeping clean sheets. And it means players aren't going to get opportunities here. And so now it's incumbent upon the club to get this sorted for for Tomori in January. 
I think the other balance of that is going to be, though, Brandon, what happens with Rudiger, what happens with Christensen is going to be the other domino effect. I mean, they only have until the end of next season on their contracts. And if we don't get something sorted, they definitely won't go on loan next year because the club will need to extend for a year, which is kind of their policy. They won't let anybody go on loan with less than a year remaining. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, they're both they're both sellable assets. It's just at what price. But yeah, you, you don't you don't really know. And they're not going to be content just sitting on the bench, Brandon. I mean, like, that's the I thing. don't think you're going to get much for Rudiger. Unless Arsenal come in like a bunch of idiots. I mean, you Christensen, will, baby. Christensen, he has that Euro appeal, you know, like an inner Milan or an AC Milan or like a you know, obviously anyone in France, Germany, or, or Spain. So, you know, and Barcelona are buying really weird players again. Uh, they're definitely not assembling a, a wonder squad, um, you know. But anyways, it's it's just, yeah, look, it's it's a bummer. I don't agree necessarily, Dan, your take. I understand your sentiment of, you know, bubble wrap him, put him, put him on the shelf and keep him there and, and ready to go on loan. Um, but at the same time, clubs want to know what they can do in a match and i think just squad management like how, how did kyle tomorrow go from scoring a banger against wolves to not playing in a year to me it's just it just it's there has to be conversations that are had and and that's why it just seems like there's something going on where he's completely out of the picture which is also weird that he didn't know that and wasn't able to get a loan until last second west ham he's like ah it's just too late this doesn't feel right so um, I know we've completely hijacked this in the Tomori situation, but we haven't talked about it too much. So I feel okay kind of yeah. dedicating the time to Fick, especially with how much we like him. But I think most most fans like him. It's just we're all kind of confused about it. The only answer really, Nick, is we clearly don't know something that happened. Yeah, correct. Uh, you know, and, and I think the loan, the loan situation that you highlighted, right, it's like if he's, you know, if he's not going to be part of the squad, if it, if it goes as it's gone, right, and and Frank hasn't played him since the whatever Liverpool match or the League Cup match or whatever it was, then he should have went on loan. He should have had a year where he was playing first team football for you know you know ideally a Premier League team, but you know, even then maybe a team in France. You know, there was there was rumor that he was going to go to Rennes or something, right, or you know to Lille or something. So. And clearly, Ren need him <laughs> after their shambolic Champions League run. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just want the best for him. You know, we we are uh, admittedly biased as we interviewed him and had a great time doing so and really loved his attitude. And, you know, this was kind of at the peak of his powers last fall. Uh, but, it you know, he's just a player I enjoy watching. And you don't always say that about center backs. So, um, we can move on. But, uh, you know, I think just... We want to send good vibes that way. I think we got to see some sparks with Havertz today, which was nice to see him in some of the runs, some of the interchange was looking a little bit sharper. Uh, again, you know, I think we also heard from Lampard and, you know, talking in the beginning before the match was about how actually the effects of COVID that, you know, he experienced and Havertz experienced are actually much 
more significant than we thought. And actually, there were some comments that Pogba talked about where he talked about like just him kind of working back from being exposed to COVID and like what that was like for him. And, you know, I, I think the... That's not the only thing Pogba said. Holy smokes. Well, yeah, that's... that's well, there's a lot of things agent said for him. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's something to kind of keep in mind as we mm-hmm. think about like contextualizing Havertz's performances currently. Like, again, if he's going to be out and play, like you have to feel that the team has cleared him. But like, we are also in an uncharted era of like what COVID is going to do to players and how they tend to rise. I was also looking at some stats in the, in general, Havertz does tend to have a slower start to the season. Like he has a slower start and he finishes like in bunches with a bang. And so I think we're still seeing him get up to speed. I think he had that one heavy touch in the end, which probably could have been uh, very close to a goal before he got pulled off for Werner. But ultimately, like it's just, you know, some positive signs. I imagine Kovacic is going to get maybe another start or two here, um, maybe ahead of him. Just, you know, just kind of looking at balance. But, uh, you know, I think he, he's starting to show a little bit more. Huh. I th- <laughs> yeah, his such is poor. That just means he doesn't take uh, preseason serious. And he's kind of got the Eden Hazard <laughs> mentality of, yeah, give it a couple months. I'll be fit eventually. That's that's what that says to me. But he's still a class player. Uh, all the people rushing to judge Kai as a flop, go find yourself one. I mean, come on. You're being ridiculous. Get out of here. Get out of here. All right, Dan. Dan in the match and table review. And next team up, the longest header of a subsection that we have had in this pod. And we had a Dan of the match. Did you feel pressure? You, you threw a you threw a curveball in here, by the way. You threw a curveball. I did. I did. And again, it was just related to the day. So uh, I did put from our team, Billy Gilmore, Kai Havertz, and Tino Andrin as our three options. But I did throw Demba Bond in there. Uh, just, you know, from what uh, what transpired the other day. Billy Gilmore did win out at uh, 49%, but not far behind Demba Bob, 41%. Kai Havertz with 5% and Andrin with 6%. Insert goat stinger. Let's go. Come on. No, no, no. Yeah, baby. I can't wait. Anyway, final group review, Brandon. (laughs) I can't wait to listen back and hear what Jake did or did not do uh, (laughs) on this one. All right. In case you missed it, Chelsea, top of the group, 14 points after six played. So 14 of a possible 18 uh, 4-1, 2 drawn, none lost, 14 goals, 4-2 against a very, very solid performance going undefeated, um, and that just shows strength going into the next round. We didn't limp in. We didn't sneak in. We are going through emphatically, which is important. Sevilla in second, right, with 13 points, so they were right behind us, but obviously uh, doesn't cut it. Krasnodar beating up against Wren on points, uh, and they will head to the Europa League, I believe. Wren, pack your bags, you're going home. Um, how it's going to end is with Chelsea winning the Champions League with 7%, so we can just go ahead and place your bets now. Uh, you should get pretty <laughs> good odds. Uh, but yes, Dan, we have the 538 probabilities. Chelsea are now the fourth best team in the world, is how I read this. Well, it's just in uh, probability of making the quarters... And if you rank it by that, Chelsea are in the fourth spot at a 61% probability of advancing to the quarters. Not that they are the fourth best team in the world, but uh, look, we'll take it. We'll definitely take it, Brandon. It's the same thing. All right. Stop. Stop spinning it the way you want. Like, clearly, we're the fourth best team in the world in club football. Can't convince me otherwise. So, Naz tweeting, 
who our potential opponents are, Nick. So I'm really excited for you to uh, lead us off with who you think we're going to get. So we could have Lazio, Barcelona, Porto, PSG, or Leipzig. We could face Ajax or Atalanta. We could face Atletico Madrid or Salzburg, Mönchengladbach or Inter or Real Madrid or Shakhtar Donetsk. That group is an absolute <laughs> mess. Mess. Oh, mess. Oh, I, my I mean, God. you probably considered it like a group of death going into it, but it has exceeded all expectations, mainly because Real Madrid are shocking. And so are Inter. You would assume those have been one, too, mm-hmm. and they have not performed. Mönchengladbach is at the top of that group, I believe. So, Nick... Who do you want to face? And then we will go with who do you think we will face after? Who do I want to face? Uh, probably Porto. <laughs> like, okay. honestly, like, you know, we, we, we need the Malangsar Derby. You know, let's let's get that done. I, I think they're probably one of the weaker sides in the thing. So They can play in the Champions League, as we learned with Thibaut Rem- Courtois. Remember... For everybody out there, we have not advanced past this stage in the Champions League since 2014. The round of 16. This is not going. Yeah, the round of 16. We are not. This is not easy. It's not a foregone conclusion that we're just going to waltz our way into the quarters of semis as much as Dan wants to say it. It's going to be challenging. The fact that you have teams like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Enter potentially PSG potentially ending up second in their group is a swift kick to the nuts, Dan. You got to sit here and go, come on. We won the group, reward us. And now all of a sudden, all the big teams are like, nah, hey, we're going second. We're flipping the script on these teams. So who yeah, do you Sevilla's who do, pumped right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, who who do you who do you want to face out of this group, Dan? And don't be dumb. Look, I think there's no, no. There's some unfinished business, <laughs> and you have to beat the best teams uh, through all, you know, all throughout the competition. And look, yeah, it would be great to get a easy side, sure. But I want Barcelona. I want Barcelona next, and I want us to continue the run of the Why Not Us 2020-2021 campaign and just shock the world again. At Dan Dormer for your replies and mentions, everybody. <laughs> At Dan Dormer. I look, Come yeah, at me. you have to beat the best teams eventually. Like, you don't want to play a Barcelona, a Real Madrid, an Atletico on your way to the final. Like, I, I would like to avoid all good teams until the semifinal because you can also grow into They're the all good teams. This yeah, is the no, Champions League. A, you, you, can't, you can't tell me they're all the same level. There's uh, quite obviously a differing level of quality between Shakhtar Donetsk and Barcelona. Agree. Shakhtar, who beat Real Madrid twice. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I, must, I, I must say, like they, true. No, no, no. Madrid, Madrid have been shocking in this season, but but the point is, Mönchengladbach, right? Salzburg of the Austrian league, Atalanta. While they play exciting football, in Lazio, they are not a PSG. Then I'll say PSG are stacked. So, anyways, I'm gonna put mine out there. I would like to see Shakhtar or Ajax, actually. I think Ajax, Ajax would be fun. quite weaker than they've been. Obviously, Akim Ziyech connections, we've seen them. 
I would go toe to toe with Ajax. Now, if you Ajax are playing pretty well, though, to be no, honest, like I don't. I, they're they're playing all right. Uh, look again, I'm not saying it's going to be a walk to the park. I'm just I I don't want to play. Anyways, yeah. So Porto's a good shout too. Now, who do you think we will face? Right, because they always get the hot balls, cold balls, and the and the uh, the I guess they're pieces of paper. <laughs> it's, so hot paper, it's cold ball paper. talk, baby. <laughs> balls are back. Manscaped, talk, Manscaped uh, you know, obviously <laughs> sponsoring. There's your sponsorship. This, this yes. session. Yeah, they should. The group Come stage. On. All right, uh, Dan, in reverse order of worst pick to best pick, I'll let you start this off. Who do you think we'll actually get? Well, it's it's so obvious here. We're going to get PSG, like without question. If PSG is an option for us, we will get PSG. That just is how it's going to work out. All right. I think we'll get Inter Milan. It's same idea, right? Another connection, history. You know, UEFA is going to love seeing Frank Lampard go against Antonio Conte and obviously that rivalry, Nick. But you have. Let's see. Uh, of these teams that are available, which ones do Chelsea have storylines with? Oh, I don't know. Real Madrid, uh, you know, with, with Eden Hazard. I don't know. Inter Milan with Antonio Conte and Romelu Lukaku. That's cool. Atletico Madrid from back in the day. Uh, let's see, PSG from back in the day, Barcelona from back in the day. We played Porto a bunch of times, uh, and we played Ajax last year in one of the most thrilling matches in Champions League history. I don't know. Maybe one of those. I'm going to guess Barcelona because that's like the easy one. You know, UEFA just loves that matchup, so it wouldn't shock me. And they probably don't think Barcelona are going to advance past this stage because they looked shocking today against Juventus, who have not been great either <laughs> admittedly uh so i you know it's just again if this were a fair draw we'd probably end up with moching gladback or one but uh-oh conspiracies <laughs> conspiracies count the vote it's count the yeah. vote dominion look, voting systems look, oh gosh we need we're gonna need to we're gonna need a recount we're gonna need mark elias <laughs> on the case we're gonna need the whole thing <laughs> Clearly, we are completely vote burned out here in America after everything we've been through. We don't We're, want another draw or a vote or anything. <laughs> in the pool, in the pool of the of the balls that they would take out of ours, have a magnet to Barcelona. They're just they're going to yeah. take two out at once, and yeah. that's going to be the one. It's like it's bonkers, man. Well, yeah, or they say it's you know live but maybe it's pre-recorded i don't know anyways 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 i'm not oh, gonna God. go down that road uh that's gonna wrap us up for this one we want to hear who you think we're was gonna get. tupac a hologram you'll <laughs> never know we want to hear who you think we're gonna get and who you maybe want to face if you got to you know drop the bracket yourself like fifa and uefa love to potentially do every now and then that so was, that was such a dumb 2013 reference you know, i swear to God. moving on <laughs> Uh, let us know, everybody. Uh, appreciate you listening to us. Remember, we have uh, the what is it? Uh, da, 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 Everton match preview coming up. Everton correct. Match preview That's on the Friday. next opponent. All right, there's there's too many matches. It's actually right in front of me. I, I scrolled the wrong way in the script, which means I've been on too long. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to us, Nick and Dan, gentlemen. Appreciate your time, uh, listeners. You are the best part about this. So if you want to engage over this, join us on our Discord through Patreon. We really appreciate it, and it is an awesome community. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.